0: Welcome back to another episode of the Between the Lines podcast. Today we'll be talking about athletes that were amazing in high school or college, but for whatever reasons, never really made it in the pros. Call them busts, call them injury prone, call them what you want. We're going to get into all that. Uh, That being said, Tiago, why don't you start us off today?
1: Yeah, first of all, um, I got a couple of mentions of athletes that I wanted to talk about here. But um, as you all know, this is a topic like... It's a bit controversial because we never know if these athletes were ever going to be what they're promised and uh, some of them are their career shortened by injuries, others by other factors, just like a topic that is very nice for us to talk about as some of these athletes might feel like their unaccomplishments were uh, not fair. And um, to begin with, I'd like to mention one what if that everybody knows about and that is Derrick Rose. And um, the reason I'm mentioning Derrick Rose in the first place, it's um, well, Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP um, in NBA history, and uh, he, he just promised a lot. Uh, I remember watching him play against uh, my team, Miami, the Miami Heat, and um, I know, man, Rose was just looking scary, and he was surrounded by such a good team, you know, like Joakim Noah was with him, and. Um, when that injury came up, especially in a game where like the game was already won, as far as I remember, and like do let Rose stay in the game and he ended up getting injured, something that came um i mean if if you analyze Rose's game tape since college, you always know that he fell awkwardly uh dude was mad athletic, but just his landing was never perfect, and he usually landed on one feet one leg only, and um it was just meant to be a disastrous ending for him, but anyways. Um this is one of the biggest what-ifs for me because Rose was promising to be uh just a different player from what we used to. He was just super athletic, point car, reminding us of like the likes of Gilbert Arenas and Baron Davis, but dude was just on another new level. And uh who knows like where the Bulls might be if uh Rose never got injured, you know. Like last time we, if the Bulls were champions was still in Michael Jordan era, and the Bulls were definitely in the right way building around Derrick Rose, uh, a very nice team, like Jimmy Butler coming later as well. So, yeah, who knows, man. Maybe the Bulls would have won a ring or two. Maybe D-Rose would have would have won another MVP. we never never know.
0: Yeah, I was uh, reading something the other day that said, Joe Kim Noah actually tried to recruit LeBron James to join up with that Bulls yeah. team with, <laughs> you know, Derrick, him, and Joe Kim. And the other thing about Rose is, like, Obviously, he's, like, always kind of been injury-prone. Like, that's just proved it throughout his career. But he got so high off the court every single time. You know, he elevated so high that it's just, like, if you come down on a bad ankle, a bad knee, like, it's just – it's over for you. And, obviously, he had a few of those injuries where –
1: And he always landed like that. Like like I said, like, if you watch his game tape in college, even in high school, like, he used to, like, do these crazy things, and then he landed very awkwardly. And you can see that his knees were about to snap. It was just a matter of time, you know. Yeah
2: it's really tough i mean that's like that that's his game and then his body like you yeah. know to say, but he like, adapted like up, yeah.
1: he adapted that's something we got to respect about rose like this is a what if because obviously rose is not the mvp uh is not in the mvp form anymore and it, it will never be but like i think rose is one of those cases that we can mention as a what if but the guy still had a pretty nice career you know like he he, he managed to revive it like uh like when he when he beat his scoring record, uh, fifty eight points, if I'm right, with the Timberwolves, that's wild. Like you know, like everybody's saying that you're done, like your career is over, and then you come up with that and like find a way to still be in the league and still be relevant in the league. I, I we gotta we gotta have like mad respect for their growth. Like dude, never stop grinding and working his ass off and adapting his game because his game is definitely way different right now than it used to be
0: yeah i think for sure i think um not many people could sustain those injuries and come back and you know i'm not saying he's you know an all-star or he's a great player but like he's still relevant he can still go get some assists put up a few buckets not many guys come back from all those injuries and do that so regardless of anything he still he still deserves that credit for sure um so i'll take it here i'm gonna go with this one hits way too close to home but um Jamarcus Russell, the number one draft pick for the Raiders in 2007. Um, It's an interesting story with Jamarcus, you know, so all of the talent evaluators and GMs in the league, they said, Hey man, this guy's sure fire. Like he's up. Like if I were, if my team was selecting one, he'd be the choice. Um, You know, I don't even need to get into the details. It was terrible. But like, I don't know, maybe like 30 games for the Raiders through five more interceptions and touchdowns. Um, There's some great stories though. I want to get into these stories. So uh, one time, the coaching staff was convinced that he wasn't watching any tape, any game film that they were trying to give him. So one day after practice, they gave him blank tape cassettes because they knew he wasn't going to watch it. Mm-hmm. He comes back the next day. They said, so, Jamarcus, what would you watch? He's like, oh, I was watching uh, Blitz Packages, you know, just seeing how the D linemen are coming at me. <laughs> They're like, no, dude, these tapes were blank. Um, the other second story about Jamarcus mm-hmm. is – So usually in, like, training camp, rookies kind of have to do, you know, kind of like a talent show or something, kind of, you know, just do something funny so the vets can laugh at them. Jamarcus said, fuck that. He walked up with a huge bag of money, and he just threw it all over the floor and just made it rain on the whole team. So the guy was a fucking character. I remember at all his press game conferences, he had all these mink furs on and stuff. Like, if you didn't know he was trash, you would have thought he was the best player in the world by how he acted. and then the last thing I'll say that's the most disappointing thing is Calvin fucking Johnson was the number two pick in that draft. Mm. Raiders could have had <laughs> Calvin Johnson, and we took Jamarcus Russell. So I still think about that one. That one still hurts. That
2: is, uh, that's is—that's a pretty funny one. I was actually looking at that one, but yeah. uh, I figured you would mention it. It was an open oh, thing, yeah. so, you know, left that one to you. This one is um, its kind of not similar, but, you know, kind of still related to both of the Stories you guys mentioned, and it is Greg Oden. Oh. Remember, Greg Odin. 2007 draft goes number one to the Trailblazers, and the the Trailblazers thought that this was going to be the guy that was going to turn it around. He was bowling at Ohio State. There was a there was a lot of hype behind them. Gets to the league, injured, ASAP, doesn't play, and we could look back at the draft. Who was the number two pick? KD, of course. that that money man, KD. So. That was just a really, a really tough one for them. And then he only ends up playing four seasons in the NBA in total. Um, I think he ended with the Heat, maybe? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so ends with the Heat, doesn't do much. And from there, it was just like, it was all downhill, four years. It just just a really tough story to hear about. So I know everybody remembers that one, so.
1: Yeah, there's a a... crazy thing. I'm sorry, Max. Uh, Go ahead. It's like uh, I I saw like a documentary earlier, and uh, a lot of people still say that if they had to make that decision between Greg Oden and KD, based on the college career, Greg Oden was just a no-brainer. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's just crazy how injuries could ruin like his career because guy was just outstanding. It was like people still think he would like it's a no-brainer to pick him ahead of KD. Yeah, it just, it just it took an unfortunate turn. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I was listening to this podcast the other day and Bill Simmons was talking about this. Um, I don't, you know, a lot of people want to peg Odin as being a bust, but, you know, when you have injuries like that, it's really out of your hands at that point. It's it's really unfair for people to say that. But um, listening to this podcast, I kind of knew this, but what I learned even more so is that a ton of team doctors for teams across the NBA, they looked at Greg Odin and they said, hey, this man, he can only play one or two seasons at most in the NBA. Like, he's already injury-prone. Like, his knees are not good. Like, he will not last. So, I kind of almost blame it on the Blazers, man. It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, we blame Odin, but it's like, come on. Like, you guys put a guy in a really tough situation, and I think I think that's tough. I feel bad for Odin is what I'm trying to say. I don't yeah, think he definitely. should get the rap that he does. But it's hard, you know, though.
2: You know what's tough, too, is that I also hear about – um certain teams training staff so you hear that certain teams just don't treat certain players right and that's the reason why yeah yeah certain players just don't get treated right when they're when they they have their staff you know treating them so and they go to a different team they end up better so you you got to think like oh that was an organizational problem so mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah Yeah, speaking of which, I think my next pick is also a player that I don't know if it's like most uh, related to injuries, but somehow has injuries related to his career. But I think he's a player that was very, very unfortunate on the play uh, on how the team treated him. And that player is Alex Smith. Mm. So Alex Smith was picked uh, in a very awkward scenario because, well, Aaron Rodgers was from yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is like... It was meant to be a Niners. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a fan of the San Francisco 49ers since a, as a young age, and everybody expected him to play for the Niners. And then this guy, Alex Smith, comes in, and uh, he's picked. And, well, we all know that Aaron Rodgers ended up having a better career than Alex Smith. But, man, Alex Smith, at first considered a bust by the 49 ers fans. And then suddenly he wakes up and he makes a huge, huge season. But what happens? Who gets injured and Colin Kaepernick comes in? And, well, the rest is basically history. Kaepernick just takes over and ends up going to a Super Bowl. So then, like, Alex Smith goes to the Chiefs. And once again, Alex Smith kind of finds some success. Like, if you see some of the Chiefs players say that the guy that made this team happen before Mahomes was Alex Smith. Alex Smith was playing with Travis Kelsey and all these young guns, like, that Mahomes is playing right now. And even Mahomes says Alex Smith's a great mentor. So, once again, Alex Smith is having a great season he's proving to be a great quarterback and then Mahomes takes over and then Alex Smith goes to the Redskins and damn that injury is just yeah well you know I feel like Alex Smith will always be a what if and I think it's not just mainly because of injuries but I don't think the teams never believed him enough after he was considered a bust because I mean if you look at it if you look at the seasons that Alex Smith was actually playing good Alex Smith was putting up numbers man like and, and, like, the dude is a hard-working QB, and that says a lot about you. For example, the, the first guy you said, Max, you could say he was a bust because the guy just didn't care.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, he
1: didn't watch game tape. The guy just didn't hustle enough. And Alex Smith is exactly the opposite. Being called bust on your first and second season is not easy. Like, I remember watching this video. I think it was against the Saints, and the 49er fans was just booing at him. In a home game, like you're playing at home, you're not supposed to be uncomfortable with your home fans like booing at you and making you feel like well, you're a bust. And this guy came back. This guy actually made some good for the Niners and the Chiefs, and he's still working out, trying to come back for the Redskins. Because, like, I feel like the Redskins could use Alex Smith right now. You know, they have a young QB, but he's unexperienced an and he kind of needs a tutor, a tutor. And what else? than the guy who helped Colin Kaepernick. And Patrick Mahomes becomes successful. So yeah, I feel like Alex Smith could have had a great career, especially when things started to work out in the in the Niners. Who knows if 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 Alex Smith would have won that Super Bowl uh, against the Ravens? You can never tell. You know that was his team. He was he was he was good for that system. And uh, I feel bad for Alex Smith. I, I hope he comes back to the NFL after that gruesome injury. But for me, it would always be like a huge what if. I, I'm a fan of the guy personally. So.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that people kind of tend to forget, I think he had a rough shake with the Niners. Put it this way. He was the number one pick. He came in, and that Niners team was trash. I'm talking mm-hmm. god-awful. Didn't have weapons around him. And I think everybody says uh, they don't care. You know, you're the number one pick. It doesn't matter who's playing next to you. You should be able to ball, right? And, and in reality, it doesn't always work, work that way. We've seen a number of guys come into the league and be in bad situations and not, you know, find an ability to succeed but I think you hit a great point there too I think what really proves testament to Alex Smith's character and just his you know leadership as a quarterback is how he mentored Patrick Mahomes he could have pulled the Brett Favre and said nah fuck this man like this is my job you're coming in here trying to take this from me but he said no you know like uh you like you're the future I'm gonna teach you what I know and you know let your talent take over and I think that anybody that has that humility and is able to kind of take a step back and I think that's awesome. So I think Alex Smith, you know, didn't start great, but the latter stages of his career were pretty freaking awesome.
1: Definitely yeah, I, to respect I
2: agree with that one. Uh like when I think of Alex Smith, I honestly just think of like his time with the Chiefs. I don't like I know he's with the nine is not but I just think of like oh he had like a decent time with the Chiefs. Like he was yeah. he was a decent player. Hard to hate on him.
0: For sure. Um I'm gonna go back to basketball. So I got uh Darko Milicic, Um, 2003 draft. Obviously, headlined by LeBron James. So the Pistons take Milicic at two. He's he's Serbian. He's like 6'10, 6'11, but kind of a stretch. Not like a really big guy. Um, I think career-wise, he only averaged about six points a game, something like four rebounds. Um, So yeah, it didn't work out. 100% a bust. But the funny thing is, he did play about 10 years in the league. So you know, it wasn't like it was you know three years and out, but where it really gets hard to kind of talk about Milicic is LeBron went one, he went two. And then you think about three, four (laughs) and five. We talked about this other day, man, you got Dwayne Wade, Carmelo and Chris Bosh, man. That's tough. When you're, when you're the Pistons, man, um, that's tough. You know, they've been kicking themselves for years. Uh, if you could could have had Mello or D Wade on that team, it's a franchise changer right there. So I think, uh, milicic will always be known as a bust and pistons fans will you know never forget that name you
1: know what's crazy about the pistons office about drafting him is that Milicic said openly that he didn't like playing basketball (laughs) that's 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 true that's true like he said it like he said that basketball was a hobby for him like It's it's
0: it's not a great sign man exactly
1: that's what i'm saying like if you're the pistons why are you gonna draft a guy that as good as he was in europe that he was good guy also said that didn't like playing basketball so like he he said openly that he played with the pistons for the money he went for the end to the nba for the money guy didn't like playing basketball and he ended up winning a ring that's crazy
0: that is crazy
1: that is pretty fucking crazy all
2: right so i'm gonna stay with uh basketball on this one too and I'm going to go to 2013 NBA draft, the number one pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers select
0: <laughs> Anthony Bennett. Damn it, you took mine.
1: <laughs> Bruh, I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry. But these, y'all have those moments where you just, like, you remember where you were, you remember, like, your reaction, like, you know? Yeah. This was one of those. And, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a Cavs fan or anything, but, you know, I'm sitting there watching the draft as a basketball fan, and I hear the name Anthony Bennett. And I just stop. I'm like, we had a new TV, by the way, so that's how I remember. (laughs) It's brand new TV in the living room, (laughs) big screen. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what? Like, (laughs) like what just happened? Who is this guy? Like, I, I understand. Like, he had a decent career in 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 college, but what? (laughs) That's all I could say. And I mean, he goes (laughs) on. He averages like four points in the career, and. It was just downhill. He played on the Cavs a little bit, jumped in team-to-team, team, hit the G League for a while, and then now I think he's overseas. So it's just Anthony Bennett. I just I don't know what to say to that one. I was just shocked. I think everybody was shocked.
1: So. I think what ruined his career was actually the fact that it was the first pick. So like I feel like Anthony Bennett could have been like a nice role player if he didn't have all yeah. that pressure. You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah. the guy, he has he has a nice build, and he was nice in college. Like, the guy is strong. He's tall. But it's just not a first round. He's not even a first round pick. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, no. If he was like a late first round or just like just accepting to be a role player, the guy could have been not, could have been still be in the league, but yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, so I have two thoughts on that one. That 2013 draft was so weak. There was no oh, yeah. talent in that yeah. draft. So that's one of the reasons why he obviously went one. And then he played like 50 games with the Cavs. He didn't play in year two with the Cavs. Because you guys remember he was in the trade with Anthony or Andrew Wiggins to the to the Timberwolves for Kevin Love. That's right. That's right. Le- LeBron came back to Cleveland in 2014. And LeBron's like, Man, he I I, he's like, I don't think I can win with this guy. We're sending him out. Yeah, <laughs> right. man. Um, good trade in retrospect. Um, Wiggins hasn't I mean Wiggins is uh, I'll leave that story for something else. Wiggins is so so.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the GM LeBron had to come in and, and do what he exactly. had to do. So.
0: And That's
2: also, it would be tough. It's tough too cuz who knows? Maybe maybe he would have fit better in another team, maybe at a later pick with, you know, less pressure around like you said Tiago. but it's just the fact that he's the number 1 pick in the draft. And if exactly. he's the number 1 pick in the draft, you you got to be something. So, Yeah. Yeah, definitely,
1: and uh, yeah, I'm gonna talk about a first round pick too, but this one is very different than the context. I feel like you guys mentioned two guys that were instantly draft busts. Um, I'm gonna stick with the NFL again. I'm gonna talk about one of my favorite players all time, Michael Vick. So, I think like a lot of people might think Michael Vick not is not a what if because he came back to the Eagles and whatever, but listen, at some point, uh, in the football world, Michael Vick was the Allen Iverson version of the nfl so you couldn't have like a hip-hop uh hip-hop video clip without michael vick being there otherwise it was not just not legit michael vick was everywhere michael vick was the face of the video game franchise madden michael vick was the face of the of the nfl and the guy was just the most funny and entertaining person to watch live so he was just a symbol of atlanta uh that being said michael vick's career uh kind of had a twisted uh turn of events since of the dog finding incident. And we all know that he came back uh, to the Eagles and he actually had a pretty good extent with the Eagles. But just imagine if Michael Vick never was arrested, mm-hmm. what could have been for that Atlanta team? You know, because Atlanta never had a Super Bowl, or at least that I know. And the closest they have been is that Matt Ryan run. And we all know what happened there. but
0: hey, they were pretty uh, fucking close, man. They found a way were, too close. <laughs> they, they were way too close.
1: But just imagine if Michael Vick stayed in Atlanta. So it's, just, it's more than just the winning factor because the Falcons are not that big of a franchise right now. But I feel like if Michael Vick was there until now or until he, he retired, the Falcons would be at least one of the most famous uh, NFL franchises at, at this moment because like they were while Michael Vick was there because everybody was talking about it. He was on commercials wearing that Falcon jersey. He was on, on, on music videos. He was everywhere. Everywhere you watch the NFL logo, Michael Vick was probably there. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, if the Falcons managed to keep him there without being arrested and a nice team around him, that might be that might lead to some Super Bowls. That might lead to the Falcons being one of the best franchises right now. Uh who, who knows? Maybe he was like, maybe even Tom Brady wouldn't win a Super Bowl against him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Tom Brady legacy never happened. I don't know. That's that it's something crazy to think about. But for me, it's still one of the biggest what-ifs. I mean I'm glad the guy came back. And once again, like Alex Smith, I have mad respect for Michael Vick. Keep grinding. And he acknowledges bad actions. He respected his time in jail and he came back and he still balled um, with the Sean Jackson and the Eagles. That's a crazy team, but man, like you can never like stop and think about what could have been if Michael Vick was in the league the whole time, you know?
0: For real. I have two thoughts about Michael Vick. So I'm asking you guys this question. So I'm going to say Warren Moon. But name me the first African-American quarterback besides Michael Vick that was really the truth in the NFL. In my mind, that's immediately, like, I'm talking about, you know, the early 2000s. Like, I don't know, you know. I don't think there was many, like, real African-American quarterbacks that were really good in the league before that. And he came in and took the league by storm. And I think, like, you know, I think for a while there, there was kind of, like, a weird narrative where, like, for whatever reasons, like, there wasn't a lot of African-Americans playing quarterback, and he totally changed that. Now you look at the league now, and you find him anywhere. And, you know, a lot of them are some of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I think that's one interesting thing when it comes to Michael Vick. And then secondly, think about, like, the world we're living in now, where it's like that cancel culture. It's like, if you do something wrong, we're going to call you out. Michael Vick went to jail for fighting dogs. This man changed the narrative entirely. He's on Fox Sports every single Sunday. Like, he's on all these huge networks in America. Like, I don't know many people that, you know, have gotten some hot water and kind of changed the narrative as well as he has. Because I think it comes down to what you said, Tiago. He kind of owned up to everything that he did. And I don't know. I think he's just, you know, I think it changed him a lot. And he's just a good dude now. I mean, I don't know him, but. He
1: accepted right. the consequences. That's how you gotta respect that. There's a lot of, like when it comes to celebrities, we know like that's that's a big hypocrisy right now. If people talk shit about Michael Pick, you gotta talk shit about all the celebrities that do shit. The only difference is that those celebrities don't own up. Some yeah. celebrities run out of jail or run run from jail because they can just pay the bail. You know, and they do may, way worse things than Michael Vick. I'm not. I'm not defending the fact that he, the dog fighting was a, uh, a low thing or a low crime because it, it's a terrible crime and it's nothing to be to be an excuse. But dude, like some celebrities did way worse. I feel like I feel like beating up your wife or like or like raping or like being accused of shit like that is way worse than dog fighting. Oh, and once again, sure. I'm not. I'm not saying dog fighting is a low crime. But come on man like yeah, and the sorry. dude owned it up like the dude admitted his his mistake he served his time in jail like a normal person because that's what Michael Vick was all the time he was a real person Michael Vick although he was a, he was a superstar Michael Vick was always real Michael Vick was always real and he always he always tried to be real for the fans I think that's one of the things I respect about that guy the most cuz I saw I saw his documentary Vick a while ago, and that's a very really good documentary by Bleacher Report, and that's what it is. Michael Vick was just true to himself all the time, and that's, what, that's why he still came back to the league after serving jail, and he's still given a chance, and he was able to apologize, and I mean, it's sad that the Falcons never retired at seven, because now a kicker is using it, but I, I feel like Michael Vick will always be like, you know, for me, he'll always be a Hall of Famer in the NFL for his attitude and for what he meant for the league. Like you said, he changed the game the guy did something different it, it was just on a it was just on a different level than every, anyone else in the league you know and that will always be uh a part of the NFL history for sure
2: facts facts real quick um it's it's good that like he's back you know like he's on the sidelines you know still commenting like he's able to like turn everything around but like once again you can't you can't help but to think you know what would it be like if he was actually on that field cuz i know so many people you know how how we treated how we treat things like Steph and all that like anytime we do anything or like my fault like Kobe like you know you're throwing a trash or you're throwing something at the trash you're shouting Kobe's name now when people say when they're hooping or whatever you know curry range or whatever I know when we were out there playing football someone's always mentioning something about Vic and all that so you just can't help but think like how how different like maybe the game or like just even like the Atlanta franchise would be if he was still playing that so
0: yeah, uh, the last thing I'll say, like, hell of a player, hell of a comeback from prison to back to balling again. But the, the what I really remember, what I'll always remember most about Michael Vick is just when I was in high school, turning on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, and Mike Vick's just dropping back eight yards and just tossing bombs to yeah. Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I'm talking bombs, just throwing it 70 yards, and D.J. is just sprinted. That shit was crazy. I don't think I've even still to this day, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are incredible, man, but Mike yeah, I Vick can't go and, like that, man. Yeah, Mike Vick and Djax did it first though. That's for sure.
1: It was very fun to watch those two.
0: Absolutely. Sure. All right, I'm gonna go football again. Um 2006, So Vince Young was the number three pick in the draft to the Tennessee Titans. Uh number ten was Matt Leinert to the Arizona Cardinals. So um Funny enough, these two actually faced each other in the national championship before they walked away from their college careers. Obviously, we talked about this on another show, the Longhorns won. But um, you know, Vince Young had a, you know, a good first year, had a solid second year, but there's a lot of stories related to mental health issues for him and him not really having such a great relationship with the former head coach, Jeff Fisher there. So for me, Vince Young's always kind of like, what if those, what if players, what if, what if the team was different? What if the culture was different? Could he, if there was a, you know, if he had the support that he needed, could he have been great? I kind of wonder like that Um, obviously with Matt liner, you know, going to Cardinals, you know he played a year or two was a backup for a long time in the league probably for a few years um, never really did much but i just always think back like god those guys are so amazing in college man vince young at texas and reggie bush and matt leinard at usc i you know being a young kid i was like man these guys are gonna be ballers in the pros and i was just shocked that it didn't really work out for either one of those um i'm not necessarily you know tagging the bus label on both of them but um they just had really bad careers, so I guess that does mean it is the bus level. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: But yeah. That
2: Vince one that Vince Young one is just a tough one. That, it is. Yeah. I don't even yeah. have
0: nothing to I say think you gotta
2: consider one. it a bus though, right?
0: I think you do. Yeah, you I go. I didn't want to, but I think you do. I think you really do. Yeah.
2: Um, all right. So my last one is is more of a funny one for me. Uh it's um Kwame Brown.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: I, all I remember, is just as a as a hooper uh, back in NC, anytime anybody does anything, I remember being called him a couple times too. You know, when you play bad or when you do doing anything bad, you know, I remember this one kid just straight up, just you know, yelling at me across the court, man, you hoop just like Kwame Brown after the like one of the worst games I played, and it was like a bad practice, all that. So <laughs> the biggest I mean, insult ever, <laughs> I know, and like, I'm just sitting there like, damn. I've got called Kwame Brown. That's crazy. But you know, you got this guy, he got drafted to the Wizards, then he went to the Lakers, then he went here and there. That's a typical buzz story. Like it just he was just wasn't that good. He or and once again, you don't know if it's that he wasn't that good or he just couldn't translate his game to the NBA for whatever reason, whatever. But it just wasn't a good career. And there it is, you know, people just know of Kwame Brown is not the best you just don't want to be called that that's all i know
0: yeah for sure from what i've read um you know obviously he's been out of the league for a while but just reading stuff over the years i think he was really fucking lazy he didn't he He didn't really try that hard he was out of shape a lot of the time um have you guys heard the story about michael jordan clowning on him though Yes. Oh yes. man. Apparently one time Michael Jordan just eviscerated this guy It really pushed the
1: line. It really oh, pushed like, the line with Kwame.
0: I mean, as we've seen, you know, with the documentary The Last Dance, you know, Jordan, you know, has said quite a lot of shit to a lot of different teammates. <laughs> you know, probably a lot of different times crossing the line. But I think Kwame, uh, you know, maybe was so wasn't the most mentally tough guy. And I think um I don't know, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. There was this this moment at practice where Jordan just laid into him. And,
1: um, and, and I don't Jordan, know. Said, Jordan said that the fact that he was so mad is because he knew Kawami could have been a great player. Like he saw the talent in him. The like, guy was just so lazy. And Jordan got so mad because like, he looked like Kawami just didn't care. And, you know, we know, we all know how Jordan, how competitive he is. Like if you're playing with him and you have all this potential and you're just not putting it on the court, he's just going to bash you. It's going to make you yeah. feel like you're shit. For real. It pushed the line. And uh, speaking of the Wizards, uh, my last one is also a very, uh, very known Wizards player uh, and a big "What if" uh, agent zero, Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> oh hell yeah, guys! He's still out there talking. Uh, he's a great sports caster. I love oh, yeah. hearing him talk. Yeah, he's dude. mad funny. His comments on Instagram. He's everywhere. But at some point, uh, he was. He was. He, at some point, he was like a great player for the Wizards. Like. I would say, uh, so this is a fun fact. I simulated a career in 2K uh, with Gilbert Arenas uh, being redrafted, and the guy was MVP of the league five times. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's crazy, but, like, dude was mad athletic. Like, if we're talking about the athleticism of Derrick Rose, Agent Zero was the same, but with a three-point range. Guy was just outstanding, and then that gun instant happened, and the whole controversy, because we all know, like, Gilbert Arenas, he he says it nowadays that he was not the the most mentally stable guy on court. So <laughs> if you pick a fight with him, he was going to pick a fight with you. He was going to take it to the next level. And that's what, what happened with the gun incident. And he, he tried to revive his career later on, but it was just too late and people just stopped believing in him. And we all know how teams react to players like that. It just doesn't work out anymore. But um, if Gilbert Arenas kept uh quiet let's say quiet or calm and just focus on basketball dude is mad talented it was it was actually carrying that wizards team you know and and the wizards if they the, the wizards never had that such a big team uh, and the wizards were never on the map if you think not if you think that like maybe they were on the map when michael jordan was there but jordan was at the end of his career uh but just imagine like maybe arenas could have put like the wizards on the map maybe won like an nba title and even like an mvp award uh as a wizards player that's something you know like that's something to put the team on the map um i don't know man let me know your thoughts about agent zero i know you guys know him well
0: um i fuck with agent zero man hibachi killer dude he's a savage for sure (laughs) he's funny as hell he was cold i think people really forget about what he actually could do on the floor man he could do it down low, he could get to the rim with ease, like step backs behind, th- like he could do it all. Um, he was injury prone at certain points during his career. You know, there was that team in Washington when they had uh Antoine Jameson, they were actually pretty good. They they had that series against the Cavs in the playoffs where Braun clowned uh arenas on the free throw line. Oh, hell yeah, there. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, oh,
1: yeah. Trying to mess up his career routine,
0: yeah. I, I think, um, I think. Gilbert was an awesome player, but um, kind of from listening to him talk and just stories throughout the past, I don't think he always took basketball maybe as seriously as he should have, exactly. um, possibly. Which isn't, you know, it's not for me to say. You know, I'm not him. I can't say. But um, it seemed for a while there that he was just, you know, he got his money when he got traded from the Warriors to the uh, Wizards. He got a he got a whole lot of money. And um, I know he was at the strip club a lot. He talks about <laughs> that on his podcast and stuff. So... I don't know. I think uh, you know Gilbert had a good time. That's all I'll say about that. And he was also really good at basketball.
2: Yeah, yeah he was. He was amazing. I remember. <laughs> um, that's the sole reason why I was like into watching the Wizards play that in their jerseys, because you know that that blue logo that was kind of tough. But pretty no. much from there, it was it was downhill. You know, I, I I had no reason to watch the Wizards, and then you know, they're, no. now they're, they're not relevant to me, so. I gotta get one of those blue jerseys.
1: I've been looking everywhere to find to a blue blue jersey? Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. That's a really nice. I see everybody like whenever when someone buys a Wizards old school jersey, they always buy the Jordan one. I mean it's tough, it's a Jordan jersey, whatever, but like that zero in a blue jersey, or even those white and gold jerseys. You remember classic. the gold jerseys? Yeah. With the stars on the side. Oh my god, that's yeah, a man. hell of a tough jersey with the zero on the back. I'd buy that shit for sure. Yeah,
2: I know. I just know that you know because of the Gilbert Arenas. That's why I'm watching them and their Jersey. So it was just a combo of both. And then he was just a he's a bucket. So it was it was someone to watch on the on the Wizards.
0: Yeah, he has some. He has a few signature shoes with Adidas that are pretty cool too. Obviously, kind of retro from kind of the shoes that we look at now. But I remember like way back then, those were it. Like those were the shoes. You know, people yeah. were hella hyped about those ones. Um, so I just have a few honorable mentions now. So I want to talk about this guy right here. Michael Jordan went number three in the draft. There's a guy by the name of Sam Bowie that went number two. Never did anything in the league. Um, so Portland's <laughs> kicking themselves for that one. Uh, Again.
2: It wasn't, walk- it wasn't the worst. though. He, he kind of. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, you're talking about hey, Michael, yeah. Michael and Michael, Michael Jordan. You but yeah, I know, you, know, you look at all the great <laughs>
2: players, you know, you got to think that yeah. in every draft, you know, somebody, somebody goofed, you know. It's
1: for not sure. MJ. It's like you skipping the goat. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> did you know that?
0: <laughs> no, you're right though. It wasn't like he was, you know, like washed, washed. You know, it's just, it's just he unfairly gets compared to Michael Jordan, obviously, for being the, you know, the the pick right ahead of him. Yeah. Um, and then I have one more honorable mention and then one more player I actually do want to talk about. Uh, Ryan Leaf, the quarterback drafted by the San Diego Chargers. So Ryan Leaf was drafted directly after Peyton Manning. Um, thank God for the Colts that they made the right decision and, you know, yeah. drafted uh big-headed Peyton. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Leaf, you know, really struggled as a pro. I think he had, like, you know, some addiction issues and some mental health problems, too. Didn't really fare well. I know after his career ended, like, he got arrested for like, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think it was like robbery or something. So I think there was just some, some big problems all the way through. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Leaf Leaf will hopefully he's turned his life around, but Leaf will for sure be remembered as a bust, no doubt. But the last person that I really do want to talk about, and he's not a bust, but I just remember in college saying, man, this guy's going to be incredible. Jabari Parker, man. Oh man, a Duke. He was just so nice. Like he had an outside game. He could go into the post and get buckets. And it's, you know, obviously he's not on the level of D Rose, but it's just injuries, 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 right. You know, now he's in Sacramento, you know, coming off the bench as a role player. And I think he's solid, you know, I think he might, you know, not on the level of Derek Rose, but I think he will be able to, you know, kind of, as he continues to age in the league, still be serviceable for teams, you know, he'll be able Mm -hmm. to do a few different things. Right.
1: Those knees, though, man. It was just right at the start, as soon as the career started. It was supposed to be the next mellow and just his knees, man.
0: Yeah, watching a Duke, it was just so fun to watch him play. And I was, you know, pretty young, too. Like, I don't know, maybe like a senior in high school or something. But I was like, God, this guy's just really fun to watch. Like, his game's pretty complete. I think he'll really, you know, excel at the next level. So I think it's always funny when you see those players, you know, in college. And it just makes you think, like, what went wrong? Obviously, in this case, his injuries, though.
2: Him and him, and Jaleel Okafor, they're in the yeah. same thing. I, I remember thinking the same thing about Jaleel Okafor. Like, you know, this is a this is a decent center. Like, he's going to play good. And...
1: Different reasons, though. I mean, I think Jabari was kind of betrayed by his knees just at the beginning. As soon as he yeah. got injured, people started looking at him. Like, the bugs started looking at him like, this guy is not worth it. You know, like, the big money, so... But uh, before you guys move on about Ryan Leaf, I wanted to say something about Ryan Leaf. I think Ryan Leaf, although he was uh, the biggest bust in NFL history uh, by some people's opinion, I think Ryan Leaf brought something to the league that is still very valuable in these days. So I think at some point before that draft, uh, scouts only looked at numbers. You know, numbers and statistics in college. And they never cared about the psychological side of the player. So Ryan Leaf was always a hot-headed guy in college there's stories in college that ryan leaf was screaming at the staff was screaming at everybody that just opposed him you know what i'm saying so if something went wrong at practice ryan leaf would bash it was just not a nice teammate although he was a very skillful qb it was just not a good person like you wouldn't want to play with him and uh i remember in the chargers that locker room interview that's that everybody can see it on youtube right now where he starts screaming at the reporter I think it throws something at the report. It's just like, what the hell, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, this guy under pressure is bullshit. Because in college, I mean, it's all fun and games because college doesn't say shit about you, only that you're good. And it, if college, like, hides everything and just shows how good you are in the field, all right, fine. But once you get exposed, once you once you do a tiny mistake in the NFL and you have to answer those reporters and you have to answer the fans... That's when, when you're going to show how tough mentally you are. And Ryan Leaf was anything but mentally tough. That's why the guy ended up committing crimes. Uh, he ended up like almost ruining his life. I'm not going to say ruin his life, but dude is in a, in a good spot right now. I think he's working as a reporter, sports analyst, whatever. But, um, what I'm saying is, in the NFL right now, people value the psychological side of the players right now. So, like, you actually pay attention to what these guys do in college and how good of a teammate they are and if they are a toxic person or not. And I think that's very important in today's NFL. You know, like, if you draft a player for a I'll school, I'll skill 40 days, we all saw, like, Latrice Prewell was kind of a toxic player. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it is. He is. Yeah, no, for sure. He's that... very skillful. He's very skillful. And he was a great player for the Timberwolves. But did he win anything with them? Was he a good teammate? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> and, and, and like Kobe and Jordan, you can say they were toxic as hell. But somehow they managed to push the team to the next level. And although they were very toxic with their teammates, at the end of the day, they were, they were leaders. And Ryan Leaf and Latrice Burrell, Sprewell and other tons of other examples, they were just not. They were just bad teammates and bad leaders. So I don't know. It's it's something I wanted to mention here about Ryan Leaf because it's it's very relevant and it's something that's still talked about these
0: days. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you got any more?
1: Nah, that's all for me.
0: All right, I have two thoughts, and then we're gonna dive into some of the moments that we talked about earlier, Kyle. Um, so I think kind of what you were saying, Tiago, Now, like in the world that we live in when it comes to social media and just athletes being on pedestals. Now you can't hide those things that used to be able to hide Mm -hmm. colleges. Can't hide the fact that guys are bad character guys, that they don't mesh well in the locker room because, you know, clubs or NFL teams, basketball teams, you know, whatever it is, they're going to find out about those things. And, you know, obviously, you know, organizations mostly care about your play on the field, but you know, those things do carry weight now. And the last point is, A lot of people get labeled as busts, you know, I think, I think as, you know, sports fans and sports culture, we're too, we're too early sometimes to try and label people as busts, you know, and I think, I think that's really tough, but I want to say about, you know, players that, you know, kind of get a bad rap in the first year, two or three of their careers and they're able to keep mentally fighting and keep physically pushing. And, you know, a guy that comes to mind immediately is, is J.J. Redick. You know, he started with the Magic, and he really he didn't do much. Like he he just He struggled, and it, it was a tough climb. But now you just think about his rise. You know, he was with the Clippers. He was with the Sixers. Now he's with Nola. And just guys like that that are able to, you know, just keep pushing and carve out a really good career, I think that's awesome. I always think those are great stories in sports.
1: Even bigger than JJ Redick, uh, Markel Fultz. It's an example that we all following right now. Guy was thrown under the bus by the Sixers. And Kyle, you mentioned, like, some teams. Uh, we kind of forget that some 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 teams, the, med- the medical staff are just horrible. Like, how in the hell do you draft Joel Embiid and he gets injured? You draft Ben Simmons and he gets injured. You draft Markel Fultz and he gets injured. That's crazy. I'm sorry to say. I mean, I don't want to be a Sixers hater, but come on, man. Like... <laughs> How is that possible you know like just deja vu after deja vu and what happens with with markel is that the sixers were pressured so much to put him into the field that he put he he made the kid play injured made the guy look bad because his shoulder was fucked and he couldn't shoot for nothing and then if they throw him under the bus Saying that the team's success that was supposed to rise with Markel Fultz playing alongside Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid was all because Markel Fultz was not playing nice and social media was all over his bad shoulder and his bad jump shot. And how the hell does Markel Fultz doesn't shoot a free throw now? Like the dude was thrown under the bus. The word bust, the word bust was labeled to him on his first year, and he still he still prevailed. So like Markel Fultz was 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 given. I'd say given. I don't say traded. He was given to Orlando for nothing, and he's balling. He's balling in Orlando, and I love that. I love that, and I hate the Sixers franchise for what they did to Markell. I hope Markel ends up becoming a great player. I won't say the player he was meant to be because his shoulder and his jump shot, it's tough to come back from that, but Markel is a nice player. You know, I like Fultz. I have mad respect for him. I respect the hell of his attitude, like staying calm, not saying shit on social media. The guy is super chill. He's doing charity events. He's always supporting nice movements. He's doing the right thing on social media, off the court, and on the court, he's grinding. He's Absolutely. grinding and grinding. He's not acting like uh, a first-round pick that thinks he's better than everyone else. No, dude he's grinding and he's playing like a normal basketball player. He doesn't think he's a superstar. He doesn't think he's better than anyone. He's just doing his job. And doing his part in Orlando, and that's what makes him a great player, and that's where I think he will find success. even if it he doesn't he's not he's not the athletic player he was, but he will find success, even as a backup player. and mad respect for players like Mark Hufoots, like J.J Reddick, players that survive the bust, because surviving being a bust, that stuff, man. And Alex Smith did the same. So you know, mad respect for being mentally tough and still grinding
0: definitely absolutely um should we just go into these moments here kyle you got some for me
2: um we could we could hit one i'll hit one real quick so just the one i we were talking about um just what would happen if kd and clay thompson were not injured last year you can't help but to think about it like uh if if Klay Thompson was still playing, let's say, let's say, all right, KD still got injured, but let's say Klay Thompson was straight. Would it be a different game? Like what, what would it be? Cause when I was watching the game, I'm looking, I'm seeing that, Oh, the Warriors are going to win this. Klay Thompson's about to go off. Like he was snapping. He was, he, he was out and it would have been a different game. And who knows? I don't know if KD was still planning to leave. I don't know what, what was going on. I just kind of wonder like, would things be like slightly different? You know, how how would everything look now? And shoot, if K D was back, like would they have actually like swept them? Would they just beat them five to four to one? Would they you know, it's just a lot of questions you gotta think about there. So that's my uh that's just my biggest what if I think of off the top.
0: Okay. So the first question, if K D and Thompson stay healthy, the Warriors win. Yes. Uh um, and
2: sweep or five, five one
0: uh five or six. Um, for sure, because that Toronto Raptors team was playing great basketball. They were really gelling as a unit. Like it was just going really well. Kyle was doing his thing. Van Fleet, you know Lowry, Gasol. It was really good. But um, the Warriors win. Um, yes. I think, <laughs> I think, I think if Thompson stays healthy, it's a it's a so, damn yeah, near a coin toss. Honestly, they were coming back.
1: They were getting nah, the momentum for that. I think they were going
0: to win that one. I With think Jordan, I would play. But Wait,
1: so if Thompson was healthy, I they think they win.
0: Okay, no, that's fair. I can respect that. Um, I just think Toronto was playing really, really good basketball. But I do understand that if Thompson stays healthy, he's pretty lethal. That Warriors
1: Clay was of the going team. off. He was going hard. No, before he got to injured, walk
0: in the park, though.
2: But you know, that, I think they yeah. the...
1: Clay won the game alone. Like when the when they was like three to one, or uh, I don't, I don't remember. But Clay won a game alone. The game before he got injured, he was clutch. Like. Toronto was just speechless. He was scoring after. Like, right, he, he was just scoring
0: crazy. He was torching it from behind the line, for sure. But where I want to take this even further is here. Um, say KD stays healthy, Thompson say, All right, let's just say, hypothetically, Thompson goes down, but KD stays healthy. The Warriors Ooh. win that finals. Does KD leave? Does he leave? Does he want to leave the Warriors?
2: Uh, from what I was hearing, or from what I think I was hearing... I, I think KD was gonna be out regardless. Yeah, but, yeah, You know, you also gotta think that maybe a championship wouldn't change his mind or what. And then what remember um I'm pretty sure like him and Draymond argued earlier in the season. And he yeah. oh, was Draymond goofed. You know, Draymond, yeah.
0: Draymond called him a whole bunch of bad words we don't need to say. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, so I think he's out I think he's out of there regardless. And which, which kind of KD
1: wanted to prove something. He was also, in like, he was talking to Kyrie way before the... So him and Kyrie were already planning to leave, both, together, either to, to the next or to the Nets.
2: know I called it, just saying.
1: Yeah, and uh, KD, like, he, he said, like, he, he was on a mission. Like, he wanted to prove something, because people say that his rings didn't count, so he wanted, like, you know, win a ring by himself or whatever. Right.
0: Or, yeah, uh, so last thought i have just unrelated to this is i think this is why we love sports right you think to yourself what if russell wilson doesn't throw that pass on the goal line what if marshawn lynch runs it in the end zone what if ray allen doesn't make that three-pointer in the corner we love sports because they're unpredictable you never know what you're gonna see you love your team you ride with them and you hope for the best but um you know as somebody that's just watching casually or is just watching to see a good game i think that's what makes sports sports is just Tune in any given night, and any given thing can happen.
1: Hey, to wrap this up, just let me know your thoughts on this. You, you all talked about the Raptors and they won their first NBA championship, but let me know your, on your thoughts on one of the biggest what ifs when it comes to moments in teams. What if T-Mac and Vince Carter never left the Raptors? Yeah.
0: So let me know. Like, is. do you think? I do you know.
1: think? Do you think they would like develop as the players? Because like T-Mac went off with the injuries. That's all. But T-Mac. Like, he, he, as soon as he left the Raptors, he developed to be an all-star. Like, dude was just balling. So, do you think he would develop the same way? Do you think the Raptors could have gotten somewhere? Because the Raptors never provided Vince Carter with a nice uh, team. That's true. That's why Carter left. Like, he was always playing with bums, if I can say yeah. it that way. So, I don't know, man. Like, if Chris Bosch ended up going to that same Raptors team... Mac and Vince. just just think about it for a second. Do you think the Raptors would be like a big franchise now, or do you think they would have won early in their time? I'm really curious about your thoughts.
2: Actually, what you got you now? Um, I mean, they could be. You couldn't You never know. I, I'm indifferent either way. You know, there's a like you're saying. There's a lot of players you could you could pair together or. or who were together in their early years and just think like oh maybe this organization could have been different so maybe, well, they, listen, this, maybe
1: they would have this is a beautiful thing because like they're cousins you know it's like a family business running in toronto so that's like that's like poetic that's what people like in sports you know you you like a nice background story and these guys they found out they were cousins like one year or two before going to the nba on <laughs> like a christmas dinner that's that's crazy you know that's like the perfect story to make a franchise go big so toronto is not on the map in basketball these two guys i found out they were cousins two years ago they (laughs) they start balling together and they ended up bringing a championship to toronto that would have been beautiful you know never happened but Mm -hmm. still two legends made in toronto
0: first thing is i almost actually mentioned tracy mcgrady not he's nowhere near a bust of course not but he is one of those what if guys you know the injuries (laughs) just It just took such a toll on him throughout his career. And I was just wondering, like, if he was one of those guys like D. Rose that could have just gone through the league completely healthy, what would his, you know, ultimate legacy be? Um, but answering the question about the Raptors, personally, I don't know if it could have worked out. They play really similar positions just in terms of kind of what they do on the floor. Um
2: and it wasn't positionless basketball then. I right, they exactly. True yeah. to the position, so.
0: But I think um, in today's game, fuck it, why not, man? Just go out there and have at it. <laughs> hey,
1: these guys were shooters, and you still had Dell Curry on that team. So that's three guys that can right. shoot the ball from three. That's, that's tough, you know, and Bosh coming to that team, ooh. I don't know, man. You still got that little Muggsy Bogues playing at the point Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a funny team that that would be a funny thing that would be a funny thing
0: yes 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 um episode number 11 talking about the great players in high school and college sports that for whatever reasons never made it in the pros um bust injury prone whatever it is we covered it all today um that's a wrap we'll be back uh tuesday of next week peace y'all
1: and uh, for, for everyone that follows us we'll be launching our Twitter platform uh, probably by the time this episode airs the Twitter will be up and functional so that's a new way for you guys to interact with us we'll, we'll try to be as active as possible, try to make, t- try to keep in touch with, the, with uh, sports news so y'all feel free to follow us and help us comment on what's going on in sports right now
0: yes sir